Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we're going to take a deeper dive into Advent, the season of hope. So let's get started. Hey, Lindsay. Again, it's good to have an opportunity to talk about a couple of the uh, these types of things, and particularly when it comes to the season of Advent. Advent, um, so often, as opposed to Lent, can easily get lost. And part of that has to deal with just the culture that we're in. It's it's kind of couched in there between Thanksgiving and, uh, and Christmas, and in many ways can be lost uh, amid the shopping and all sorts of things, although that has been toned down considerably this year, simply because of, of the pandemic that we are faced with. But nonetheless, it's unfortunate that it, it does tend to get lost and we jump right in from, you know, from Thanksgiving, we jump right into Christmas. And, and the church, though, I, I think it's important that we have been rather tenacious at times to make sure that we hang on to Advent, not that we you know, can't be part of the culture in which we live and all of that. But we, in many ways, we need Advent. We really need it, uh, not just to prepare us for a for the Christmas season, uh, but because it, it speaks of, of something that, that we as human beings uh, need uh, in order to literally exist or, or just to survive, and that is hope. Um, we can't live without hope. Um, Unlike animals that, though they can be trained to anticipate something or whatever, is that uh, they really, as far as we know, they don't think about the future and, and, and how they're going to shape it or what decisions they're going to make that could possibly change it for the good or, or for the worse or whatever it might be, is that uh, we are able to think about our futures and we are able to both anticipate, but we're also at times able to be afraid of actions that, that go into shaping it. Uh, we, need to, we need to be able to hope. It's so essential that, as I mentioned, we, we really can't live without it. They did any number of studies, and, and they're able to be found in lots of different places, of, of, of people that were in the concentration camps and uh, and during the World War II and uh, the the Jewish pogroms and and uh, so many other experiences, but when they think about the people that survived uh, the concentration camps and the, and the terrible things that uh, that that were part of people's lives, is that it was those who had hope. They hoped in something, someone. Uh, it could have been children. It could have been a spouse. It could have been a future. It could have been their faith. It could have been, but we have to have something to hope for. And without it, um, you know, without it, we literally, we just give ourselves up, you might say, um, to death, uh, to despair. And sometimes, you know, the things we hope for are not necessarily, don't have to be, you know, the, those deep down, great, incredible things. It, it can be the hope of, of looking forward to our gift for Christmas. It can be hope. It, for us today, I think in some ways, the hope of, of, of the end of the pandemic. You know, really. The hope of being able to hug someone. Exactly. Exactly. Of, of, of getting rid of the isolation that people have experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this has been a, 
in many ways a real test because I know part of my experience during this time of the pandemic has been talking with people who have been tempted to despair. They really, they're looking, they're looking down to months, years, decades that this will never get better. This will never happen. This will never, this will never, this will never. And, and they find themselves literally without any kind of hope. And, and, and so we need it. Both hope in the big things and, and hope in the little things. Those, uh, like you said, just to be able to hug somebody again without any issues or, or difficulties with that. Being able to visit somebody, you know, in a hospital. Or for me, you know, being able to, uh, to visit in many ways our senior folks many whom have marvelous, marvelous stories. And, and one of the things that I have enjoy, enjoyed so much is, is when I'm able to visit them and to hear the stories that they tell of their lives and, and dreams and children and spouses and so many other things where they really uh, speak of, of, of the tremendous power of hope. Advent is a time when we are reminded of our need for hope. And, and without it, we, we can, in many ways, uh, be lost. And as I mentioned, that also without hope, it's, it's surrendering to death and to despair. Um, so it's, it's an important season. And, and I hope and pray as a church that, in many ways, we don't, we don't ever lose our enthusiasm to, to make sure that in the midst of lights and gifts and parties and all sorts of things that, that we are able to have the purple and the, the pink and, and we're able to have the, the, the songs that, that speak of a longing. You know, even the music that, that you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and uh, songs like that. Uh, just there's a longing in there. Um, not you, a, you say longing, I say haunting. <laughs> well, okay, sure. <laughs> but it's, it's about something that is yet to come. Mm-hmm. And we know it will. There, there's. I think that that for the person of faith, there is that sense, and I really believe in. I think in the vast majority of human beings, there is that that sense of longing in the human heart for something more, something better. And um, so, I just hope we never we never really lose that. And so, Advent, you know, really does have an, an awful lot to to offer us. I should say. Advent, in a, in a way, <clears throat> we have uh, readings from the Old Testament. And this is one of the, the key pieces of, of, of the grace of this season. Uh, the Old Testament readings, when, when you take time to reflect on them, and, and one of the things is to, is to read them kind of one after another as a block of literature in a way. Advent teaches what to hope for. Uh, and it's not just for the little stuff. Advent teaches us to hope for the big things. And that I think that was what the grace, when you think of the, the Old Testament writers, uh, when they wrote and, and, and they reflected about the people and, and the journey they were on and, 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 and what was part of their lives and, and what drove them, what, what engaged them to a point where it just it wouldn't let them stop. And sometimes it probably felt like they were just putting one foot in front of the other and that's all they could do is that there was a drive. And, and so in many ways, the Old Testament readings of Advent teach us what to hope for. And, and the things that they hoped for were not the little things. 
they hoped for the big stuff. I mean, and we and we hear that in in the marvelous readings that are that are often uh, so much a part of the Advent. They hope that the community and you know there, there were twelve tribes, and we forget that these twelve tribes. There were any number of times where they were warring with one another. They didn't necessarily all get along, <clears throat> and it took any number of of leaders and and circumstances, and sometimes it was the common enemy to bring these 12 tribes together. And it wasn't until, you know, really Saul, who was the first king, you know, of, of the people of Israel, and then eventually David, David who finally, finally, after, after centuries, brought together, you know, the northern and southern kingdoms, finally brought the 12 tribes together. So we, we sometimes have this, illusion that you know that oh they were just playing patty cake with one another and and you know the tribe of Dan and Reuben and and whomever else were all you know huggy bear with each other well that was simply not the case they wished and hoped for a time when the tribes would all be one where they could finally be one people chosen by God working toward a common goal uh, uh, and and they hoped for that. They hoped that the desert would become fertile one day. <laughs> and and Lord knows they spent a lot of time in in God forsaken desert type of land and 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 terrain. They believed and they hoped that one day that the desert would become you know like a garden of paradise. That they hoped that. You know, the feast on the mountain would be theirs where there would be more food and drink and whatever they, they had, that there would be more that they could, there would be enough for everybody. There would never be hunger, starvation, probably any number of the things that they would have experienced while wandering that desert. They hoped for the, the, the mountain banquet and, and that someday God would, they would all gather around the table. They hope that, um, you know, that all people, not just the 12 tribes, they hope that all people someday would be at peace and would be one. Wow. And that's a hope we could sure use hope, yeah. Yeah, today. They would hope that the blind would see. They must have, you know, when we think of the medicine that, that uh, what the medical world has done for us, we think of the the amount of diseases or blindness or lameness or you know tuberculosis and and things that would call blindness cause blindness you know uh, when a child is born or whatever they must have seen terrible things you know as just and that was simply part of you know the uh, daily routine that to have a healthy child you know probably was a wonder in and of itself and they would have seen a lot of things that were not so good. They, they believe that they hoped for a time when the blind would see and the lame would leap. Um, these are not far off, you might say, of things that we need to be hoping for also. They hoped for the big stuff, you know, mm -hmm. for the big things. And if anything, Advent teaches us, helps, yes, helps us to learn what to hope for. It teaches us about where we've come from and and how fr how far we have come. 
And so in many ways, we hope for some of those things just as the Old Testament folks did. Um, because all of those hopes, those dreams have not been fulfilled. You know, the deserts are still pretty desert and people are not one and people are broken and at war and and there is still so much hunger and sickness. Um, all of the things that, that they have hoped, had they had hoped for uh, have not been fulfilled. And, and so it, it, it helps us to, to look at, at our past. It helps us to look at, you know, where we've come from so that we can have a sense of where we want to go and, and what we want to be and sometimes reminds us how far we have to go and also to remind us at the same time we can't do it alone. We just plain can't do it alone. We differ, though, in many ways, but two in two basic ways, you might say, we differ from the people of the Old Testament. And, and one of those is that the Messiah has come. I mean, really, we... We forget that sometimes. You know, we, we center on babies and presents and magi and stuff like that. But we forget that one of their major hopes was that the Messiah would come, that, that the Redeemer would be there, that, that they would be freed from, you know, from Sheol, from hell, from, from suffering, from that ultimately someday they would be even freed from death. They hoped for that, and they hungered for that, and in in many ways is that we forget that one of those biggies that they hoped for is that has happened. <laughs> you know, uh, the Messiah did come, the, and he suffered and died and rose, and because of that, our lives, how we hope and what we hope for changes dramatically dramatically and um and and it's it's easy again to forget that and and advent really can help us to, can help us to be reminded of, of of what has already been accomplished <clears throat> the other thing that the way we differ is that of all that god has revealed and and when you think about it that the revelation that god's hope for us and and though it was spoken about in different ways um, in the Old Testament, it, it becomes much more clear when we recognize that, you know, through the life, death, and, and resurrection of, of Jesus, that and through baptism, we are part of the family of God, that, that life everlasting is promised to us, and that there has been revealed to us the fact that God's intent for us is to be in the kingdom. Uh, and that is another, you know, basic hope. Though they may have talked about that a little bit, you know, in the Old Testament, is that it, for us, for the believer, I should say, for the genuine believer and disciple, it is a reality that we hope for. Uh, this second coming. This time when God will finally, you know, defeat death itself completely, and and we will come to that point of we will be one with God, whatever that's supposed to mean. And, and we have hundreds and hundreds of ways to describe that and, and, and to look at that and talk about that. Uh, all humanly inadequate ways <laughs> of somehow, you know, trying to grasp 
uh, a reality that that is to be ours. But it also is a is a, a basic way that we differ from the people of the Old Testament. They didn't have that same promise. They didn't have that the clarity that we have of that. Now we still have to wait, <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's still a, a pain in the butt. But the Old Testament, in many ways, people the people of the Old Testament, they can uh, they can also teach us of how to patiently wait. When you talk about waiting for thousands of years for a reality, and the sad... I mean, they got in some fights. Oh, they did. When they were waiting. <laughs> so they weren't always super patient. Oh, no. But they were human, so... That is very true. And the fact that they just basically got lazy sometimes and let it go and, <laughs> and had to be reminded of that, you know, um, as we do, mm-hmm. as we do. Um but it's it's a marvelous way for us to to when we look at the uh, season of Advent uh, to really I guess to have our hearts touched with a sense of joy. You know, you talked about that haunting mm-hmm. that we know there is something yet to be. We don't know exactly, but we know, and sometimes that is what gets us through. It allows us to. You might to be in, you might say to be in that spiritual funk a little bit, and saying, but but even that it will not last. I mean, even when you think about the the weeks of Advent, is they do not last, you know, that we, because we talk about and and that's the reminder. We don't just as in Lent we don't pretend that Jesus didn't die and and we have to hope it's going to happen all over again. So in Advent. We, we, it's, it's, you know, um, the already but not yet. Mm-hmm. We don't pretend Jesus wasn't born and we're all of a sudden say, woohoo, Jesus is born, Jesus is born. As much as we believe it, but we also know that we are encouraged to grasp the meaning of what that has, what that is for us. That in many ways, sometimes when we think about, you know, Advent and Christmas season, and, you know, our houses are rearranged a bit and all of that. And we say, you know, uh, we say to one another, well, I just want my house to get back into back to be normal. And saying, well, if we really believe what we say we believe, it should never go back to normal. Because this is an incredible thing that we, we believe that, that God did for us. And because of it, our lives, our lives are never the same. Advent and the weeks of Advent speak deeply of that. In many ways, there's also a, a, a twofold character of, of, of Advent, uh, and you kind of split it between the weeks. It, it's um, it's almost four weeks, not always, depending <laughs> upon when Christmas right. falls. Uh, sometimes it can be a complete four weeks, um, but uh, when you think about the first two weeks, um, it's what you talk. What we what we do is that we look at preparing for the solemnities. You know, Advent is a preparation for the solemnities of Christmas, but it's also for the second for the second coming. But those first two weeks really speak more of the Lord. Uh, we speak about Lord and Judge. Um, it you know when you look at um, Mark's Gospel, for example, these first two weeks is that it's stay awake, be alert. You don't know the time. Don't get caught sleeping. Don't be foolish. Um, John the Baptist, he says, you know, repent. Uh, turn your lives around. It's not only about 
it's not only about you know uh, reconciliation or atonement and such it's about staying prepared you know kind of like the the boy scout motto always prepared or scar has that whole song in the lion king well, be prepared yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's that's the kind of thing when we 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 can become so impatient i remember this goes back a number of years this would be in the early 2000s i remember reading at the time a, a report in the milwaukee journal sentinel and it was a report about uh, the McDonald's Corporation, uh, McDonald's, the Happy Meal, those mm-hmm. that McDonald's. And the big news that week was in, in, in the section, the business section was, is that the amount of time it took from a person to order to the time that they got their meal in the drive-thru, the amount of time had increased by two seconds. And that was bad? That was bad. That was huge bad. I mean, that was bad, bad. People lost their job over that. That, Holy And you moly. think about two seconds. People lost their jobs because of two seconds of getting a hamburger. I remember thinking about that because it was right around the time of Advent and talking about patience and waiting and such. Two lousy seconds. <laughs> And yet, that's a big deal for us. Think about mm-hmm. when we hit that button on the computer and the and the wheel of eternity starts to spin. You know, and you say, oh, come on, you know. And it's what all been of three, four seconds. Yep. And, and you know, so we are a people that really struggle with waiting and being patient. Or you um, watch something on the computer and it's like not done in a minute and you're like, I'm done watching this. Attention exactly. spans have just yes. shrunk. And so... When we look at the first two weeks of Advent, is that it's about, folks, you need to stay prepared because, and it speaks of it in the scriptures, the time will come. And we see the consequences of that because when the first, you know, arrival happened with Jesus, that there were those who should have known better missed it. They just missed it. And that is a theme, you know, the people who should have known missed it but the people who 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 shouldn't have known and 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 probably were the very ones who was believed they would never catch it they were open to the possibilities and it caught them whether it was the magi from the east where god-awful people came from the east (laughs) whether it was the shepherds and lord knows how terrible those shepherds were the prostitutes and the and the tax collectors and and on and on the list went those were the people that were not supposed to get it at all and the very ones that were supposed to be prepared because they knew they missed it which group will we be part of And I think it's a good question for us because, as you had mentioned, Lindsay, is that we become so impatient. You know, our attention span can be so short. Will we miss it? And I I hope and pray I don't. Because I, I say that to myself. I hope and pray that I don't. But sometimes I can be very impatient too. Mm-hmm. And and, and sometimes too. we have to look at that. So those first two weekends of readings really speak of, of Lord and Judge. Don't get, get caught off guard because the consequences are, are, are terrible consequences. Now, is that every year or is that just in year B? No, pretty much every year. Every year. It's, it's approached differently, but the theme is pretty much the same. Okay. 
be alert. You know, stay awake. Uh, don't get caught off guard. And so that, it's really... There's a song that I had the kids do a few years ago that it's stay awake, be ready. Okay, yeah. You do not know the hour when the Lord is coming, something like that. Something so simple, though, can have great meaning. And, uh-huh. and, and, and we're invited to, to step back and say, ooh, am I ready? Mm-hmm. Am I ready? The second half... The second half of the, I should say, the second half of, of Advent really is about anticipating uh, the celebration of the coming in history. And you say, well, why is that so important? It's because that coming in history, when, when the child Jesus was born, is that it changes all the rules. There, there's a song, and I can't remember who it's by right offhand, Love Changes Everything. And... Um, I don't. Uh, I remember. Oh, I sang that on a retreat. We were. We. I was on a retreat for a while, and that that song was just there. That love changes everything. Our lives are never the same. You know, once we fall in love, we do crazy things. We believe crazy things. We believe the impossible is possible. We make promises that, if you take those logically, don't make any sense whatsoever. It's, it's that idea that love changes everything. Michael Ball, does that sound right? I believe that, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, so, quick, quick church. Because yeah, um, so, I'm impatient and needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those two, uh, the, the final readings and that final weekend, even with the, um, you know, the, the weekend of, of uh, the Gaudete, Mm-hmm. Sunday, which which has a sense of rejoice. The third Sunday of Advent. Third Sunday of Advent. Um, and they wear pink. And we wear pink sometimes. <laughs> or if they don't like the word pink, they call it rose. Rose. Dusty rose. <laughs> Dusty. Um, it's that, you know, in the midst of the of the darkness, you might say, in the midst of the gray. And, and it's, so it's not lost on us either that... This is in the midst of a season, you know, where sun doesn't come up until after seven o'clock, and it go down. It goes down about four in the afternoon. Is that th- there's a lot of darkness and a lot of grayness. But that like only works he- on this side of the the world, or like the hemis our hemisphere, because the other hemisphere is opposite. Well, that's so that's, that's true. so weird to me that like for some people, Christmas is in the middle of the summer. Yeah, that it, yeah, you, you, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Or the start of summer. But it made sense for those who put it all together, right, you right. know, when you think about it. Yes. And, and it is, it's many ways, it is very appropriate for us because of, of the seasons mm-hmm. and, and the sense that there is hope. You know, you know, spring eventually does come. And so we anticipate that, that historical event and we hopefully celebrate it well because of how Today, even this very day, though that event took place a long time ago, how though this very day, it can still have tremendous ramifications, excuse me, it can have tremendous ramifications when we begin to realize again that God so loved the world, as John 3.16 would say. God so loved the world, he sent his son to die that we might live. And have life to the full. Off topic, but why do they hold that up at sporting events? 
I'm not John sure 3, where 16. that ever. I, I know I know that it's held up at lots of different. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about why it it somehow became so popular with sporting events. Okay. I I, I couldn't tell you that. Cool. Back to Advent. So back to Advent. <laughs> that it's you know that again going back that when we think about the power of love in our own lives. When I think about what parents do for their kids, I, I, I am amazed. I am amazed. And sometimes it, I, all I can do is, is shake my head and think to myself, I'd have given them a quick swift in the behind. And yet folks will say, Father Howard, what else can I do? It's my son. It's my daughter. Wow. All I can do is say, wow, because that's what love does. It's not rational. It doesn't make always make sense. Rarely does it make sense. And so why should we think that somehow we can make sense out of the divine love that God has for us, that God would do something so out there that his son would become human to die that we might live? When you start to wrap your head around that, and that's really what Advent helps us do, to wrap our head around what we celebrate, not only on Christmas Day, but in the season. And that uh, will be another topic, is that all you can do is shake your, your head a bit and go, wow, I am loved that much. It, 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 you, you can't, we can't even begin to fathom all of that. And so it's, 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 uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful season that really does allow us, you know, to take a, a serious look at, at part of our history, a serious look at where we are today, and, and to literally, when you think about it, place tremendous, tremendous hope in the future that is yet to be, and how the Old Testament people can teach us how to hope big, <laughs> hope big, not small, hope big, that we can hope for some of those same things because we're not there yet, and we have a long ways to go, but we give thanks to God that some of it has taken place and our lives are changed because of it. Advent's a wonderful season, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful season. Is there a reason why it's only four weeks or three and a half or three in one day, you know, versus Lent's um, seven? There is, um, yes, in fact... Part of it has to deal with the season, mm -hmm. season, um, and there was a there was a time when they wanted to make uh, the season of Advent the same length as the season of of, uh, of Lent, and part of it is because of the you might say the hmm, the the primacy of Lent and Easter, so that it didn't rival. Mm. You know, Lent and Easter. Sure. I know there is more behind that. I just, I just don't have it at the tip of my fingers. Mm -hmm. But I know a piece of it was because there was a move to have it 40 days before, similar to what Easter. Mm -hmm. But there is a primacy for you know Easter that Easter is the prime prime celebration. Sometimes we can forget that too because again, Christmas mm -hmm. you have presents. You don't have an Easter tree um, and stuff like that. But so they wanted the part of it was is to not make it so as so penitential, and 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 that that's a kind of a balance that they're trying to find too at times is not to make Advent 
so penitential, again, that it rivals Lent, but that there is a penitential piece mm -hmm. to prepare well, what gets in the way of preparing, but that's not the primary focus. It has much more to do with what's hope, anticipation, mm -hmm. waiting, um, and, and celebratory types of things when it comes to the, the Christmas season. There's just so much good Advent music, but not enough yeah. Sundays to I know, sing it I, I know, I know. It's, I was at the parish once where all of their uh, weekday masses had, had a musician. Okay. And so you could do a lot of that. Yeah. That's not the reality in, in a lot of places. Uh, but you're right. There is tremendous, tremendous Advent music. Uh, and so you kind of miss it, mm -hmm. you know, when it's not there. I mean, there's just some old standards for Advent, but there's a lot of good music, too, that that you don't hear nearly as often, mm -hmm. you know, so. <clears throat> so true. Anything else about Advent you want to share? No, I think that, that kind of covers it. I, I just, we could go on for hours, <laughs> but uh, we're trying to we keep could. it within reason. <laughs> but no, it's just, it's a wonderful time, and, and I just wish everyone a, a, just a blessed, blessed Advent season. Yeah, have a lovely Advent season. I think we'll leave it there. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time.